Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at sknr.net. We have Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine, which is a quarterly publication. The latest issue is currently in the works, and we'll feature our 2020 holiday gift guide, at least the magazine version. We'll have online and other versions to follow. You can catch me each week on BJHA's Geek Nation on KSWFM. Simply go to ksw.com and follow the links into the show page, or we have the simulcast on our page. And last but definitely not least, we have the Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed network of newspapers, which I am happy to say has now jumped from 8 to 12 publications. And we have all of our uh, game reviews and such there, and we cover all things movies, games, conventions, television, pop culture, hardware, and more. I'm joined, as always, with uh, Justin and Michael, and uh, Joseph is joining us again. And we had a little bit of a slower news week. The uh, headlines have basically been dominated by um, politics and the uh, current health crisis and the surge in cases. But uh, we're moving to entertainment news, as that is our base. And so we're going to be looking at the big news of the week and maybe extrapolating from that. And that is the uh, launch of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and Series S consoles. Now, we're not going to be hammering so much as to the pros and cons of each system and which one uh, you should get. We're simply taking this as a starting point and saying, okay, now the consoles are out. Now it's time to start looking for the games that are coming down the line. And by that, I mean uh, next year, beyond when might we see things? What are we looking forward to? And going from there. So, Justin, do you want to start us off with the Alien game, or what do you have for us? Yeah, so uh, this is one of our favorite topics that comes up from time to time. Uh, what is going on with the Cold Iron Studios Alien game? Um, announced, um, seems like forever ago. I think it was announced... Mm, January of 2018. Yeah, but uh, and I made the point a couple times that the way the game was announced was a little strange. Um, you know, most of the time when a, a, when a big game is announced, the game has been in development for some time, and when they announce it, they have you know, some screenshots or a trailer or a teaser. And usually the game is about like a year out. Um, this this title was a little bit different because it was announced kind of like uh, coinciding with a business deal. So it was a um, some type of contract that Fox had uh, signed with Cold Iron Studios. Uh, in fact, it was basically coinciding with Fox opening up a new sort of Fox Interactive um video game branch um at the time and to my knowledge when they announced the game there had been no work done on it at all uh that was basically announcing that they were had begun work on the game itself um so i always treated that as like a, a sign that it was pretty far out um so there's been a lot of speculation over the years uh, as to it, its development. I haven't really been too worried about it because they've been pretty adamant that they're uh, currently working on it and, and nothing's really changed with its development. And I sort of just accepted that it was going to take a lot longer than, than a normal uh, announcement to release because, because of that, because they had basically done no work on it by the time it was announced. Um, that being said, you know, there there's obviously been some 
kind of tumultuous uh, events in the Fox sphere because, you know, of the, the giant merger between Fox and Disney. It threw a lot of things up in the air as to the status, as particularly with this game. Uh, you know, there were questions swirling around. What Was Disney going to pull the plug on it? Um, but they're still very adamant that it's uh, that it's still in development. And, you know, given that it was so long ago at this point, um, we have to assume that it is um, it is getting fairly close. Uh, I would be concerned if we don't see anything uh, about this game in the next like few months, um, just because, you know, we haven't seen anything and. There were there were rumors last year that they were going to show it off at the Game Awards for uh, 2019. Um, so I think it's possible that uh, if we're going to see anything, it's going to be next month at the Game Awards for 2020. I think it would make sense. It it would it it's the type of project that sort of fits the uh, um, that kind of event. So. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that's kind of my hope. It's, uh, you know, I don't have any concrete information that it will be there, but um, I'm hoping it is. I think the last we heard about it was that it its general structure was supposed to be kind of like Destiny, where, you know, you're a colonial marine and you have kind of have a hub uh, and you pick missions and kind of do it co-op style, um, which I think would be pretty cool. So hopefully we see a little bit more um, or just anything actually uh, for this game next month is my, is my hope. And uh, Joseph or Michael, do either of you want to discuss this? Uh, well, I just hope. Really, it, yeah, yeah, I was just. I just hope. I just hope they give it. You know, do it justice. I'm fine with them delaying it. I'm fine with us not hearing a bunch of of news because you know we've talked about other companies in the past being burned by showing off what they had in development or what they planned to have in development, only to have to you know scale back on it and disappoint people. So I just, I hope we hear something. I'd love to see some footage just to know that it's still breathing. You know, again, for everything we've seen, they're still saying it's a, it's a go. And the expectation is that it'll still be developed and delivered. But I think like a lot of these games, the longer we go without hearing updates, the more concerned I get. And Joseph, what do you think? Uh, I can't really comment on this. I've not been a huge follower of the games or player of them. I played isolation for a little bit. So this hasn't really been on my radar. I think the interesting thing about it is that, you know, we keep getting told it's coming and it survived, um, you know, it survived a couple of mergers and rehomings. And uh, uh, there, you, uh, there you have it. I mean, it, it went from, you know, Fox Next to a mobile developer who then in turn passed it on to uh, Daybreak, is it? Uh, the guys who did uh, EverQuest and that sort of thing. They, a few months ago, we were told it's still coming, but again, still have not seen one picture, a title, a release window, a trailer. And so you kind of get to this point going, okay, we can assume that when we do get the first of that, we're probably looking at it at least three months, probably six months or more until it ships so you know again you play that little game of well if this was the normal world it would be probable that you could see something at the video game award show and then in turn uh you know they'll probably do some hands-on or something big at e3 
and then it can roll out sometime after that. Or if you want, you do the, you know, big thing at E3, you do something at um, San Diego Comic-Con, you do something at PAX, and then you roll it out shortly after that. But everything's up in the air, and so who knows? And that brings us to kind of the next point we were uh, discussing before we got started. Games that are coming out uh, that we're looking forward to and um, changes we might see. And like one I wanted to start off with was Dying Light 2. Michael and I saw the game uh, during a closed-door session at uh, E3 2019. Really liked what we saw, but it was, you know, at the time... Uh, Michael, refresh my memory. Did I mention this at the time, or was this something that I brought up after the fact where I thought, you know, it looks like it's too fast and too sharp for current-gen. I think this thing's going to end up being a next-gen Platform. Yeah, it was something we definitely discussed and something you had brought up, because I, I agree. I mean, it, it looked amazing. I mean, what we've seen of it had looked absolutely amazing, and there have been delays, and I, I seem to think that those delays are probably because they couldn't get it running at the level of polish and speed, because that game does rely, at least from what we've seen, that game does rely on movement, right? There's a lot of fast-paced movement, a lot of running, a lot of jumping, um, a lot of different things that are going on on the screen at the time, and I think that's going to be critical is ensuring that the system that they do release it on is up to task to doing all that we saw it do, and at least in this short demo we saw. Exactly, and you know, and it's funny because I did an interview uh, in February of 2020, again, before everything went crazy, and I asked the developer, and I just think this is rather interesting, I go, what is behind the recent delay of the game? So he goes, sometimes a gift can be a curse. A lot of these new things implemented in the game have also caused us headaches. The new technology presents challenges we had to spend time getting to grips with. New moves and features improve the gameplay a lot, but it also means we cannot use the old approach to things like balance, for example. But the fact that in Dying Light 2, you really do shape the city and the environment around you in a multitude of ways means that we need to take the time to make the best experience possible for our players. See, usually you just need to test and polish one game, but in Dying Light 2, players can generate hundreds of states, and we have to make sure all of them are up to par. So please bear with us a little bit. We just want to make sure you get a high-quality product that you deserve and that we are proud to give you. Now, the follow-up question I had to that was, will the game be available for next-generation systems as well as the current generation. The only thing they would say about that is, we'll have more to share on this in the near future. Well, here we are, there's still no release date for the game, and there's still no discussion of next gen. But at this point, I don't think anybody is gonna release a game, and uh, a AAA quality game, and say, hey, this is for the PS4 and the Xbox One only PC, nothing for the new system, uh, you know, or even the, well, it'll play on the new systems, but it's not optimized for them. So who wants to discuss this? Well, I'll start. I mean, I, I think that would be true. I think that's true with anything upcoming now. I, I think a lot of games that were, that were hoping to release with the current gen and didn't, whether because that was timing or whether they decided that if for all the bells and whistles they wanted to put in they would re 
refocus on doing things for the next gen because uh, I, I really do think that a game not that we won't see games released for ps4 and xbox one only uh, but i would think any AAA title they would be doing themselves a disservice to release um ps4 xbox one only at this point without having a plan to have it released in the next generation whether that be um upping the graphics adding um you know features that are available on the next gen or simply modifying their release for that purpose again you know when we talk games like dying light 2 um which had been pushed back um cyberpunk which we had had already talked about having some focus on next gen stuff i think a lot of this stuff is really just the timing i think there were there were plans even pre-pandemic to release these things earlier in the year prior to the console release come upcoming and now the new consoles have released it would be a disservice i think to fans at least for again for higher for the higher budget type titles not to offer them something on the new new consoles so i think a lot of that timeline was disrupted with the pandemic with having to change things around um anything that i think we'd seen planned you know cyberpunk one of these where we had seen an earlier release in the year planned and then now we're seeing it push back after the new console release times. I think it becomes one of those things where if you want to really do the fans the best service and you want to do take advantage of the, of the new consoles, you do have to push some of that back, um, refocus some of that with the next gen graphics and, and you know compute processing in mind and really deliver it for the fans that are expecting the next gen title. So I, I don't think any of that is too much of a surprise. I think anything that had been planned earlier in the year, once we they got past a July, August timeframe, they began thinking, what do we need to do maybe to push this out further, but at the same time, deliver it on the next-gen consoles at a level that people are expecting. And, well, you uh, know, Joe, it's, oh, go ahead. It's, it's funny that you bring up the, the cyberpunk thing, though, too, because I think it's a, a different issue there. Like, cyberpunk, they're delay was because they wanted to make sure that the game was ready for i guess you call it is it previous gen now last gen uh are we still seeing current gen but the xbox one and the ps4 their game that they were developing was being tooled for the next gen and they had to dumb it down for the for the ps or ps4 and xbox one i guess it's probably the best way to put it whereas with dying light it's it's kind of the exact opposite it's been in development for so long who knows at what stage in the development process they were introduced to hey here's our next gen console stuff like here's the developer kit and me i'm one of those people who in, who don't mind the wait if you need the time to put a game out that i'm going to enjoy take that time yeah exactly and i think that is the common sense approach is that you don't want to i mean believe me i worked in the game industry with publishers and i saw what happened when you try to launch games that are not ready and buggy and the disaster that uh, trickles down from that it doesn't just affect the game that's coming out in many cases it can affect several other projects currently in development as well as development houses because all of a sudden resources have to be reallocated and things are no longer as big a priority and so on and so forth now the big question is going to be um looking at the landscape and before i move on justin did you have a comment you wanted to make on this one yeah just real quick you know i think uh i think you guys made some really good points um you know in general 
I can't imagine just how difficult it is, you know, being in the perspective of, of a game developer or even a publisher and trying to make these decisions because we're sort of in that gray area where a lot of projects are sort of expected to release on uh, last gen and what's now current gen um, consoles. So, um, you know, you sort of even see this where uh, a lot of the titles that have that are launch window or, or launch titles for the PS5 and, and Xbox Series X are really just last gen titles that are re-release like devil may cry special uh devil may cry 5 special edition um or you know spider uh spider-man remastered so it's really kind of just retooling a previous title to um you know upping the visuals a little bit and making sure it runs at 60 frames per second and things like that um you know the, the games industry is more complicated now so it's you can't really expect like a a ground up uh title to be developed like exclusive for the ps5 to really push the hardware um when the development kit for for the console probably didn't exist um in its full functioning state uh you know three or four years ago that it would take to make like a fully functioning title not to say that there aren't i mean obviously like the uh uh demon souls remake is a ps5 exclusive title uh and there are you know, exclusive titles for these consoles, but um, just the general point that there, it's kind of a difficult scenario where you know, not every game is is the same. Like uh, Joseph pointed out, it seemed like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was really shooting for this new generation, and their their trouble is trying to get it to work on the previous one. And you know, I think that's smart of them to try to figure this out because you know they're going to be missing out on a, on a huge portion of uh of the install base if they don't um you know not everybody is jumping on board with the newest generation uh the install amount of of consoles out there is going to be relatively small for a little while at least so you know it's just it's tough you know they got to make these decisions on how to get it to run on on both generations at least for probably you know another six to nine months or, or a year or so uh until you know, the, what's now the current gener generation is just widespread and sort of just widely accepted as what is, uh, what is the new normal. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it's generally speaking for the first year and a half, they try to even up to two years, they try to accommodate, uh, the previous generation as well as the next gen. The problem with that though, is you see things like, um, we all remember that call of duty game where essentially they had to say, okay, uh, prior gen, uh, no campaign, and it was essentially a multiplayer-only game, and then you saw the side-by-side -side comparisons where, you know, the current, uh, the previous generation, it was essentially like a, uh, a square box, whereas something on the newer gen was all high-end uh, relay stations and switches, and it was much more detailed and stuff like that. And that always becomes a huge problem because I guarantee you when they sit there and they make these decisions, the first thing they always look at, or one of the first things is what is our install base? How many, you know, platforms of various types can we hope to get these all to? And then it comes to how many per each system. And then you also have to play that game of, well, is it worth it to do it? I mean, look what happened with the original Dying Light. They uh, 
kept insisting they were going to make it for the prior generation. And then they get to a point where they said, you know, we're having to scale back the game so much in order to uh, to uh, deliver. It's just not the same. There's no point in moving on with this. Let's put our effort into patching, enhancing, and content for the new one. And, you know, we mentioned that the new Call of Duty's out right now, and that is uh, an example of kind of what they're going for in that you can install it on the Xbox One, you can install it on the PlayStation 4, and it will upscale to take advantage of the advantages that the new systems have. So that's a beautiful thing about it. It's got cross-play, so it doesn't matter what platform you're on it, you can play. And that, I think, is a way that they're kind of looking to go forward. But as we all know, not every game is ha has that kind of production budget behind it, nor does it have a platform that makes that a feasible thing to do. Um, you know, case in point, let's take a look at something that was announced recently, and that was Fallout 76 Steel Dawn. It's coming in December, and this is the latest chapter for Fallout 76. Now, we know Fallout 76 is on PC. We know it's on PS4. We know it's on Xbox One. Don't think they're all of a sudden going to roll out an Xbox, you know, series and a PS5 version of the game. But I could see patches and enhancements being made to make them play better on the new systems. So um, just throw in the net wide, guys. What games do you think that are either out recently, let's say within the last couple months, and we can also include older games that have recently had uh, updates, like, for example, Doom Eternal had The Ancient Gods Part 1 come out and stuff like that. Uh, let's go down the line. Which ones do you think are most likely to have any kind of next generation enhancements? Which ones would you like to see? And uh, we'll start. Uh, Joseph, why don't you start with that one? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing like giving you the hard one. I do all my most of my gaming these days is done on PC. And so... Gosh, uh, I can't think of any game that's come out recently that I really want to see pushed that way that hasn't already had it. I've been playing through Spider-Man, Miles Morales this past couple of days um, on the PS4 and kind of going back to sort of what we were talking about in the last conversation too, what they have, their copy of it comes with both the PS4 and the PS5 versions. It's not an upscale, it's additional coding to, to the game from what i understand but i just honestly don't know if there's anything that's come out recently so why don't you circle back to me when we're all done because right. <laughs> i might have to go through my list uh michael you take the next one then you take it. yeah well yeah and i think I, that's one of the things i think is actually very interesting is a lot of the games at least the previous games that have been pushed to pc and have been pushed out to consoles um, we might start seeing back-level updates to those. You know, I mean, you can think think of... Um, I'm trying to think of ones that aren't already slated to have some sort of upgrade, because you would expect that a lot of the more recent titles, um, things like Ghost of Tsushima is one of the ones that I'm thinking of, um, whereas it would, it would benefit greatly from having a next-gen update to it, and I don't remember if that's one that's slated for it, but I would imagine it is. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the the more current um, current being um, 
Sakura Shadows Die Twice is another one that I could see getting a, an update. Last of Us 2, I could definitely see getting an update. Um, these are all games that were pre quote unquote previous release titles within the past year, but I would see them doing a remastered version if that isn't already in the plans. And we saw that with even Last of Us is, is a good example where it was a PS3 launch, um, but they did a remastered version of PS4. Um, the ones that are, are have already been remastered that they could potentially remaster again um, would be games like um, Uncharted series, right? I mean, those are those were popular even with the remastered edition on PS4, where those could get again remastered for PS5. Now, how how much do people want to pay for a remastered for prettier graphics, maybe some dynamic lighting, that sort of thing? It's hard to say, but a lot of the remastered games. Um, Dark Souls, I, I'm sorry, Demon Souls, that just came out as a PS5 um, remastered exclusive. Again, another PS3 game that was remastered for PS5. Um, I could see a lot of games that that were previous generations that will benefit from that. Um, Xbox, I can imagine there's there's several of the Xbox games, Gears, uh, some of the Gears games. Um, obviously, some of the, they had the Halo Master, Master Chief Collection or the PC version. Um, that did benefit from a remastered on PC that we could start seeing remastered again for the next generation of consoles. Um, but I, I do think that kind of goes back to how many of these games are a previous generation are going to be backwards compatible with Xbox and PlayStation. There's a good library already there. The the jump again as we you know the jumps that we're seeing from console generation to console generation tend to be getting smaller. I mean yes we see things like 4K resolutions. We see things like um, 60 frame per second, all those those kind of things are beneficial improvements with the new console generations, obviously. Uh, but graphically, we're, we're, a lot of games just don't really, you know, people don't really benefit from getting the remastered version. One of the things that I do like that Xbox is doing, which I was hoping PlayStation would eventually do as well, is a lot of the games that are being released are offering free upgrades to the um, new generation version if you purchase them on the older generation cyberpunk being one of those where if you buy it for um, xbox one if you get the xbox series x you get the free upgrade to that um version um Careful so we know that, uh, right you don't so want we to know, be accused of being microsoft shields no no and again i'm not <laughs> saying playstation won't go that route as well um and i'm not saying we're gonna not see that in the future but we are seeing where a lot of you know console makers and lots of development folks are actually releasing um, free upgrades if you purchase the game now, which I think is, is, yeah. is a benefit too. It benefits those who haven't been able to get the next generation console, whether because they sold out. Um, like I know a lot of people are going to want to play Cyberpunk, but a lot of those people who want to play it when it comes out in December weren't lucky enough to get the new console, whether that be financially because of you know things going on with COVID and the economy and everything else right now. Timing. I mean, a lot of people wanted it for Christmas, but are just didn't get the pre-orders. Aren't going to get a console till January or February, and and they want to play the game sooner or later. So I think it behooves a lot of the developers to offer these free um, enhancement packs to the next generation of consoles when and if the uh, the people plan to get them. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for that still with the next generation coming out. And Justin, do you have anything you want to add on this? Yeah, no, I think there's actually a lot of options, um, you know, because there, there's multiple ways that uh, previous gen titles can be um, updated for um, for the net for the now than the new uh, current gen. So 
they they could literally as simple as just uh, an upscale, you know, basically repackage it with with all the DLC, maybe add some new features, and then, um, you know, make sure it runs on even higher resolutions and just ensure it runs at 60 frames per second. And I think that would, you know, push some some people to play some some of the older games that maybe they didn't get a chance to in, in the previous generation. You know, uh, they probably would get move some um, some models if uh, uh, they did this for like God of War or uh, Last of Us Part Two. I think it's almost a certainty that we'll we'll get something like this for Doom Eternal. Um, you know, and even like uh, you know, I, I look at some of the games that I really liked just from this this past past year or so. You know, the Resident Evil Three remake. You know, I was a huge fan of Resident Evil Three. It's a huge part of my uh, of my childhood i absolutely love the game the remake was was pretty good but you know i think like like most people we wanted a little bit more uh content to it and i think capcom would uh be missing a huge opportunity to uh if they you know didn't re-release it just with you know some added like dlc areas to the game or something like that um i know that they basically in the past have said that they're not really interested in doing that but i i think it would be a huge good opportunity for them to do um, I really enjoyed the FF7 remake. Uh, I think Sony, um, it would be good for them to re-release that game um, on PS5 with you know updated visuals. Again, you know, pushing the hardware a little bit uh, and making sure that it runs at 60 frames per second. Maybe add some content. Maybe add some DLC missions and things like that. You know, so I think there's a lot of opportunities actually for different titles to be updated uh, just a little bit. Um, you know, then. You know, you've got Bloodborne as well is another great one that uh, I think could could use a little bit of a little bit of uh, upscaling um, on a current gen console. Um, and then you got your full blown remake. So like what they did with Demon Souls, um, you know, there's all sorts of games that they could do that with. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities, actually, you know, whatever sold pretty well in the last generation, they just have to do a little bit of work. And I think people would would totally buy those games again. And it's going to be so interesting, too, because, you know, we mentioned the Game Awards and looking ahead, there's, you know, the, the big question that some people have had. I've had developers tell me, you know, working at home, sure, there are some things that we can't do that are as easy at the off as at the office. But nonetheless, we're still moving ahead at a, you know, a fairly consistent pace. We're still getting our work done. We're getting things in. And I was looking ahead to 2021. And it was really interesting because uh, Tokyo Game Show has pretty much already said they're planning to return to the original physical format of September 30th to October 3rd. And we've talked in the past, you know, we'll save that for another time because I think it's too much in speculation right now. But I wonder if people are getting a really good look saying, you know what, these people have had an extended time to play games right now. And lo and behold, Things that we possibly didn't think were going to be as big a hit are hits. And things that we thought were going to be bigger were not as big because I think people have more time to um, try a bigger variety. You know, case in point, you look at a week like this where obviously the new console launches are very big. People will play Call of Duty, things like that. But then you also get to a lull where maybe you've caught up on some things. You're waiting for various things. And as we start to look into next year, for example, um, 
you know, just off the top of the head, this is scheduled. This doesn't mean they're going to make it, but because delays do happen. But you have things like Five Nights at Freddy's, Hitman 3, Prince of Persia. Um, these are all things that people are going to be having a look at. And, of course, as we start moving forward into February and onward, you know, Outriders is coming. I'm looking forward to um, Far Cry 6, which I know which is a little further down the line. And it will be really interesting to see what becomes the new must-have because, you know, ironically, they only have up through April into May firmly scheduled. And, you know, like the last major release that's got a firm schedule is Deathloop, which is scheduled for May 21st. Everything else is kind of an unscheduled release. And I think part of that is where are we in development? What's our competition going to be? And also, what's the state of the world going to be? Because, let's be honest, whether or not they have in-person conventions does affect how some people plan to market and roll out the games. So, uh, Joseph, we're back to you. What down the road are you looking forward to? And um, how would you feel? Uh, actually, no, we'll, say, we'll hold back on that one about the your thoughts about conventions, unless you want to chime in. But... Um, how would you feel about if there was a viable vaccine attending something like PAX next year? <clears throat> wow, that's a good question. I'm in a bit of a unique position to have someone in my life who's dealing with uh, an immunosuppr uh, immunocompromised person. Mm -hmm. So it's a little, a little more dicey for me. I'd say as long as the, the vaccine is proven, numbers have gone way down, I could see it happening. But, like, they'd have to be way down <laughs> yeah. for me anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Michael, what about you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do have an immunocompromised person in my life, but it's somebody that we don't have to see regularly. Uh, it's my father-in-law. But at the same time... Um, that's an interesting question for two reasons. One is, if if a vaccine is truly 90% effective, and if, if I have the opportunity to have the vaccine, I take it, and it's proven to be that effective, then for me personally going to a convention, I would be okay with it. I, I You're not going to see, in my opinion anyways, you're not going to see anything that says you're required to have a vaccine to go to a convention. There are way too many legal reasons why that can't sure. happen. Um, religious, uh, on top of just... <laughs> You know, you know, we can't even do that for schools, let alone for conventions. Um, so I might feel safer for me, assuming that I have the vaccine and assuming that it, it's been effective only because my age, I'm, I'm I, I, you know, health wise, I'm pretty good um, with a vaccine. If it's, again, 90 percent effective, again, the numbers are, are way down just because people are being vaccinated. We are seeing it effective and we are seeing pockets of things being controlled. And because from our at risk, I'm not as at risk as somebody who who else, someone else who might be again based on statistics not based on any personal knowledge i have of it myself so for and, me personally i would be more willing to do it but but from a there's there's still, i i think it's going to be dicey that in 2021 honestly um i think any of the conventions in the early spring early summer are going to be at risk i think if you're talking anything for april may or june uh, the 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 chances those are going to go off, I think, is going to be iffy. I think if people push things back to maybe November, December, where 
let's say that there is a vaccine, let's say by April, again, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff that can prevent this. Let's say by April, a vaccine is available to anybody who wants it in the US. Um, and let's say that 50 to 60% of the people who want it get, well, let's say everybody who wants it gets it. And let's say that's 50 or 60% of the people in the country. You know, by, you know, September, October, maybe we see how effective that is. Maybe the numbers have dropped way down. So by October, November, that's when these things can, we, things can get back to normal. But again, there's a lot of speculation in all of those statements. I'm not an expert when it comes to infectious diseases and I'm not, a, or vaccines or anything like that. So, and my risk averseness is a little bit higher than some people. Um, so me skipping conventions until 2022 is not out of the realm of possibility. And it is not something that I would be upset if I had to. Again, there are people that are a lot less risk averse. There are younger people who are a lot more willing to go and do these things with or without a vaccine. That would be more than um, enough to kind of for these things to occur. So, yeah, I think right now, given the state of things, I think it's way too early to say how um, how those are going to go. But I think it is a possibility with, you know, good signs of a vaccine, people willing to take it, um, things starting to, you know, things start to die down. But, yeah, we might see a lot more of that, um, you know, towards mid late summer or fall time frame for 2021 for sure. It reminds me very much of what happened last year. Well, or earlier this year, sorry, it seems like so much longer when despite vendors like Sony and others dropping out, PAX East went ahead with the show and uh, the C2E2 went ahead with the show. And there was like this collective pause while everybody tried to watch to see what was going to happen at the show at the shows and you know the, the words came out that okay um things went off fairly well there weren't really any issues so on and so forth but of course this is before people had to wear masks and uh so on and so forth so we heard positive things it was enough that other shows like emerald city comic-con south by southwest said oh you know what we're gonna we're gonna move ahead as planned we're gonna tr try things and then things started getting worse and you started seeing um, vendor after vendor dropping out of the shows. You uh, saw some guest being very iffy about attending and it got to the point where, you know, they had to say, okay, we're pushing back and not going as planned. And then another one kept saying, we're going, we're going. And it was up to the city to come in and shut them down. And I think, for me, it all comes down to who is going to be the first one to come out and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead with these guidelines. Because there is going to be a contingent of people, you already see them now, oh, I don't care, I'm, I want to go to the theme park, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to go on my cruises. And then you have the people that say, I want to do it, but I want to do it safely. And we all know that with the local ordinances, nobody's going to be allowed to put one of these things on unless they meet certain safety requirements and so on. But, you know, again, that comes down to the big question of you have the commerce that they generate, which is necessary for cities, but yet you have to do it safely. And then you have the other problem of there are certain conventions that 
let's be honest, can they withstand a second year without people? You know, there's a lot of people that have been saying last year could be a death knell for certain conventions. And, you know, maybe they can scrape it all together and try to come back in a year. But, you know, look, look at E3, for example, not from a financial standpoint, but a lot of people have said that since there were so many online presentations done in wake of E3, if they don't have some form of a show in 2021, does that make it even harder for them to come back and see again, it's the same thing. Everybody's waiting to see who's going to be the first one to try to pull off a show of size. And if they get away with it and it works out and there aren't any big, you know, blowbacks from it, I think you're going to see more and more people jumping into the mix to, uh, you know, to do so. Uh, so does anyone else have something they wanted to mention about that before we wrap everything up? Okay, well, I think that is going to do it for us this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very safe week ahead and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Uh, please stay safe. That is the most important thing. Enjoy your new games if you are playing them. Enjoy your new consoles if you're able to get them. And until next time, take care.